Community Conversations with Community Centres SA. Here's Kerry Ackermans. Adult Community Education provides an informal learning experience and allows you to study at an introductory level. ACE courses, as they're called, can help you expand your skills and knowledge or prepare for a possible career change. This will give you a sense of personal achievement. Community centres have been running ACE programs for years. And one of those centres is the Paraka Farm Community Centre. And today, I'm joined by Zoe Gao, the Project Officer, Adult Community Education, to talk about the programs they have run and the difference it's made to participants. Hello, Zoe. How are you? Good. Very well. I'm actually at home today, but enjoying a bit of quiet time. Good to hear. Now, Zoe, you've been in the adult community education space for a really long time, about 12 years, and in community for longer than that? Uh, so pretty much came into it around about the same time. I did a certificate in community development and then landed the role in um, adult community education. So it was kind of a one step and then one step more. And Zoe, what was your interest in adult community education? I think for me, what I have seen in the role is the difference that it can make in people's lives, particularly people who've had really kind of experiences with learning that have been quite negative or they just feel like they've kind of missed that step. And even in a really short space of time, you'll actually see this confidence building. So I think it is about education, but it's also about connection to community and the confidence that we see in people. And when you say it's made a difference, yes, there's the confidence. What sort of skills have you seen people grow through? Um, we've actually had a women's education program that we're running at the moment. And we've been doing a lot around assertive communication and advocacy. And uh, one of our students was having a bit of trouble with um, uh, getting some help for their child through the NDIS. And through some of the sessions, we've been able to suggest how they actually need to communicate and how they put forward what the information they need. I had a phone call with them last week and they said, I got off the phone and I was talking and then I got back on the phone and I said to them, you should be doing this for me. That's not my job. I need your help. And the woman who was a support coordinator said, wow, you sound really powerful and strong and that's fantastic to hear. So I think that's what we get to see ongoing is just people having the willingness to put themselves out there and communicate in a more effective way, um, kind of aim towards a career, you know, like being able to go, this is the area of work I want to go into and having a really clear-cut plan of how they're going to get there and work through the barriers they may have. I, I think for me that's the things that I see. It's not necessarily the small bits, it's the whole program will get them to that point where they feel like they've got a clear pathway, they feel like they've got the sector literacy or the employability skills that they require. They can go out and actually apply for work or go into further training. And are most people looking for work, Zoe? Is that their purpose in undertaking adult community education or is it sometimes just to better themselves? I think it's a real mix. So probably at present we're finding about 25 to 30% of students are actually working and just upskilling themselves. Uh, for some, definitely, we find quite often we'll have single parents that both um, kids have got to school and they're ready to start looking for work and feel like they need kind of a step to getting there. 
But definitely, we also have people, well, it's just about skill development. It's about learning how to use a computer or um, being confident in speaking English. Um, so, yeah, definitely can be used from employment, but definitely just helps people in their everyday lives as well. And we're not always talking, Zoe, about people who don't have work now, are we? Commonly, you help people no. already in the workplace. Definitely. At the moment, as an example, we've got a gentleman who came from Vietnam. He's uh, got a degree in accounting, which he can't actually use in Australia. He's actually working in a cleaning role at present. And so he's in our English class, but he's also looking about going into support work. So we're hoping that he'll come into our Intro to Care program next year. But we're also supporting him in getting his resume ready, getting to think about who we could actually look for work with. And so, yeah, he's definitely working, but he really wants to upskill himself and improve his capacity for, uh, for the money that he can earn as well. And so you've just mentioned two things there interest for me. One is the care support and also cleaning. Now, both roles that people don't need to have any specific experience for, you can train anybody to do, both of which there are massive deficits in the amount of employees that we've got to fulfil the need in the marketplace. Yeah, no, definitely. I work a lot with the sector, with um, aged care providers and disability care providers and RTOs in that area. We do an intro to care program. Um, So... A lot of what we're doing in our programs is giving people those base skills, as you said, so they can go on to a workplace, um, but also ensuring they're ready for going on to further study. And we think it's really important that they understand person-centred care and um, how to use assistive, assistive technology. So we have this awareness that people may come out of our program and find work. So we want to ensure that we're giving them those skills that they're going to do it effectively that is really focused on the clients that they'll be working with. And also part of it too would be fair to say, Zoe, that it's not just about the actual skills for the job. It's how they interact with their fellow employees, how they interact with the clients because there's something around culture and workplace as well, isn't there, when you haven't worked for a really long time. Definitely. We always include into all our programs a session around cultural diversity, but I suppose what we also aim to do is there is those more kind of like educational sessions, but in the actual practical activities that we're doing, we're ensuring that people are actually doing group activities and practical activities together to actually start to communicate with people. Um, And we think that's really important. I, I don't quite know how to explain this, but we think it's really important to kind of give some of those stresses that may people may experience in their lives if they go into a workplace and that could be communicating with someone effectively and so we try and recreate those kind of opportunities in our programs. I think that's really important for us to be able to ensure that people feel that confidence and being able to communicate their needs within a team uh, or with a boss or um, you know when they can see there might be issues going on that they feel comfortable in speaking up about it. And so a lot of people who present at community centres commonly have quite complex and challenging issues. So for them, they may not have ever worked or worked for a very long time. So it's almost like a community centre provides that safe space for them to work through those issues before they even undertake more formal education or get a job. Uh, Totally would agree with that. And I think part of what we do so well in the community centres and obviously all the ACE providers is provide a space where there is that focus on education, but it's also really important for us, for them to know when they come to us that we're here to support them to work through barriers, to be able to refer them to services if required, to be able to set up realistic plans for their future. 
we really don't like people coming out of our programs feeling like, yep, this is what I'm going to do, and then failing. We want people to be successful. Um, and I, I see it all the time. You know, we'll have um, women that have been at home for 20-odd years, and they're re-entering into the workforce and starting to think about what they want with their lives. But quite often, they can have domestic violence or mental health or their carers of children with disability. And so we think it's really important that when we're having these conversations about their future work and study, that we're thinking about what their responsibilities are at home as well and how we can make sure they plan accordingly for that. And so one of the things too is the prevalence of online when it comes to training and further education. I know with the care program, if you go to one of the large organisations who are looking for carers, is their courses are all online. Now, if you don't have digital literacy, that makes it pretty difficult. I definitely would agree. We find it quite difficult being in community centre. We don't have endless computers. We try and make sure there's at least some activity that will be utilising the computers. We also have within our sector program, as the care program would be an example, we actually work with TAFE SA and so some of what they do is online and we figure within our capacity it allows us to get people ready for that online environment. But we also kind of talk to people about if they need that extra support when they go into that next step, they can always come to us and we can help support them as well. But yeah, it is a bit of a shift. We've got a basic computing program and so occasionally, you know, you may have someone come into a sector program, then they'll come into our computing program to upskill themselves to get their confidence with technology and sometimes it can be the other way around. They come into that computer course and then go on to one of the industry courses instead. Yes, that's right. So there's a nice two-way flow effect there. Yeah. Talking to Zoe Gow, the Project Officer, Adult Community Education, Paraka Farm Community Centre. So when we're talking about sector programs, are we specifically talking about industry sectors they're going into? So the two main ones that we work on is care sector and construction. So I have spent a lot of time and it's a real ongoing process of connecting with industry. So at present, the pathways for our people will hopefully be apprenticeships and traineeships within the construction program. We've made some really good connections, got lots of meetings in the next couple of weeks to try and organise that and make sure it's all set in stone. But an example would be we've got an involvement now with Mass National and looking at women in trade. We've got a really good opportunity that we have usually half men, half women come into our construction program. And so we're looking about those opportunities for women who want to come and do trade. And there's massive skill shortages in that area. So I'm at the point where I'm actually developing hopefully some more relationships with bricklayers and form workers and carpenters and so on as we go forward. So the hope really is that they will find work in those areas. Same with the care program. As I said, some people will come out of it with work. And what we find, it's usually about a third will come out with work or, you know, heading towards looking for work. A third will actually be ready to go into further training. And then a third will actually go, I did this program. I do not want to work in care. I need to do something else. And so we'll have those conversations with them. But yeah, the sector stuff to me is fantastic. We love building connection and making partnerships with other organisations and we think it's really important for us to do our programs well, that we understand what employees and RTOs are looking for in the students or their employees coming to them. So are you providing a service alongside of a workforce provider, Zoe? It's a little bit different now. We did have one with Civil Construction Trade. At present, the one that we are doing that with is Torrens Transit. 
So Torrens Transit are always looking for bus drivers. So we provide a program which actually prepares people for doing the interview and making sure they can be successful in the interview. But to become a bus driver is actually quite difficult and there's a bit of a paperwork process you have to go through with accreditation and applications and so on. So I've just spoken to the woman from Torrens Transit last week, just seeing where they're at, if there's any updates. Um, and so what happens is we actually go through that process of getting them ready to understand all the paperwork. We also take them through the interview process, get their resumes ready. Then we go on a tour out to Torrance Transit. So we'll go out to a bus depot. They get an opportunity to ask questions and get to see a depot. And then from our involvement with them in the program, we'll make the decision on who we think is ready to, to go for work. And we're actually able to share resumes with um, the HR at Torrance Transit. So, yeah, it's a fantastic opportunity. Well, it sure is. And, of course, bus drivers, again, there's a real shortage. And a lot of uh, any yeah. woman can do that as well as a man can. So I'll have to say, I think we've run it five times. The women have been the first one to get jobs. <laughs> that's really interesting, Zoe, because that's the same in mining when they've got women driving these huge trucks because yeah. they're not so heavy on the gear. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been fantastic. One of our first programs, we had an Afghan woman. I am going to show my community and other women in my community that they can do this too. And yeah, literally we got a resume in and she got an interview two weeks later and, and got a job. So just wonderful. Just whilst we're talking about buses, and this could also be around care, probably not so much cleaning, Zoe. But these days, we do find ourselves in situations where we see challenging behaviours, in particular as bus drivers. I've seen them myself as a bus passenger. Is there any training in that, or is that something that Torrens Transit provide? So Torrens Transit definitely have a lot of conversation around that. My husband's actually a bus driver as well, so I actually understand the whole process. So yeah, they do quite a lot of training around that. From a care perspective, if people are going to be working in a psychosocial environment, or someone who may have a behaviour management plan, it's definitely actually part of the qualification now. They're actually looking at at behaviour management. It's only something fairly new for the aged care sector. Not so much in disability, but I know a lot of NDIS providers are actually looking at that. But there's also skilled people within that area that will actually be able to teach therapists and workers and so on because it can be quite individual to the people you're working with. I think within our programs we do a lot around communication. The women's education as an example has that communicate assertively unit and we also do communication in all our other sector programs and we just find that that is actually about those opportunities to put people under pressure a little bit and get them to think about how they'd respond in those situations. So I, I think if I go back a little bit further we think it's really important that we ensure that they understand the challenges that they're going into with the work. And so we want to give them opportunities to do that in a safe space with us. And the great thing about it is you're looking at it from a very holistic perspective. Yeah, definitely. And what I feel is really important is someone may come into the program, this is what I want to do. And then the more you get to know them, the more you get to know their situation, it may be saying maybe you're not quite ready for this but let's step back a few steps and work towards it. And so I think I, I am not about us looking for, you know, hoping that people get work as just work. I want them to really feel like this is a career that I want to go into. So I think that's really important. And I mean, I'm sure you are aware with most of the community centres in this A space and a lot of what we do, we do lots of accidental counselling. And we think that holistic approach is so important. If we can share of ourselves and they feel comfortable with us, 
they're more willing to open up and express what's going on um, and that way we're able to support them. And, you know, it, they're more likely to stay on in programs when we do that as well. And then, of course, you get those longer-term outcomes, which is beneficial for both the employer and the employee because they're definitely. sustainable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm, I look at it as if I can give you a couple of examples. I've got a student who's actually a mate now. Um, she came through our aged care program about four years ago. She ended up getting the nickname Dr. Trudy in the program. Uh, she ended up going and do foundation skills at UniSA and she's just about to finish her psychology degree. Um, she's looking at either going on to a further degree in business or she may actually look at going into like mentoring work within NDIS. And so I've watched over this five-year period of her just in that real slow, gentle development. She's got a child that's got disability and so a lot of the conversation is about how does she do this and make it work for her. And then I've got another student that I think she wanted, she loved blood and all things gory and she was a parent of three hadn't been in education for a really long time she ended up saying I want to go and do pathology so she came into our aged care program did our women's studies program went and did women's education at TAFE and then pathology certificate and she so she worked all through 2020 in pathology um, and she loves it absolutely loves it so yeah two um, great stories her. Zoe yeah Absolutely love them. Look, ACE Adult Community Education can certainly make a difference and I think the wonderful thing about a community centre is a safe space, not like the formal learning where people normally would not bother to pursue anything without that community centre intervention. I totally believe it. I think for me, I'd been a volunteer for a short space of time and I had my own mental health going on at the time. I saw the space and what it did for me and how comfortable I felt. What I find is so many people come through and they'll say, it feels like home, we feel like we're accepted, you know, you can have a laugh in the centre, there's a real, it's a really special place at Paraka Farm, everyone seems to find it, they're like, oh, it's my home, <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, it certainly is, and of course, you are about to celebrate your 30th year at Paraka Farm Community Centre, so what are you doing for that? So, you know what? Some of it's already done. We've actually had our family fun day earlier in the year and um, we're hoping in the next couple of days, Living Stories have done a video for Paraka Farm, so we're hoping in the next couple of days it'll be up on the Facebook page. Every time I watch it, I cry <laughs> um, and it's just such a wonderful representation of what our centre is and it's so wonderful to be celebrating the 30 years with it. And yeah, we'll have our family fun day next year as well, which gives that opportunity for local community to come and visit us. And Zoe, you partner with a lot of organisations in order to make these things happen and businesses. How do you make those relationships work and how do they find out about you? I am one of those people that any opportunity I will take to, to connect with people and I suppose I wanted to put it out there if anyone's listening to the podcast and is looking at what we do in our adult community education programs and has got an idea, we are always open, we're always willing to push the boundaries and try different things. In some ways, some of it's quite structured and if we know we've got a particular sector program that we might be aiming to do a partnership, but as an example, we have uh, just got some DHS funding at the centre. We've got a new uh, multicultural worker and a new Aboriginal worker. And so we're kind of looking at opportunities to expand our partnerships out so we can look at maybe running some programs that are suited to those particular groups. But yeah, I like just getting out there and 
learning about as many people as possible and so I'm always taking business cards and if I speak to someone I hope to learn from them what they are looking for or what needs they're saying that we can maybe help out at the community centre but we're also loving to see what they want and what they're looking for as well. We've recently run over the last probably four or five years we've run programs at um, community hubs, um, Ingle Farm Children's Centre and so you know if we can take programs out to places where there's a an audience and maybe a skill set that they want to improve, we're always looking at those opportunities as well. So I've been talking to Zoe Gow, the Project Officer Adult Community Education from Paraka Farm Community Centre. Zoe, you've shared some pretty amazing things. Is there something that just stands out in your mind that you'd like people to think about when community centres come to mind? Because so many people just think that's where old people go and we know that's just not true. I totally agree with that. I, I'll have to admit, I didn't know them before I came into them 12 years ago. I wish people knew more about them. I'm sure that that's what you're hoping to do as well. I think for people that feeling like they're disconnected, there's an ability to come into a community centre and try anything. It could be a yoga class or it could be our women's group or it could be lead lighting or it could be our play group. But just come into the community centre that's closest to you. It's a really good opportunity just to connect. And what I find a lot of the time, so many like-minded people. You'll find in our centre there's a lot of people that we've all had our own challenges. And so when people come into our space, we want them to know that we understand them. And then we kind of want to walk beside them and help support them where we can. That's amazing. It's a beautiful stories, helping creating beautiful relationships. So I've really enjoyed our conversation today, Zoe, and keep doing what you're doing because you're doing an amazing job. Thank you for the opportunity. And I wondered quickly, could I just share, so you can definitely find us on Facebook. So if you were to do slash PFCC126, and if anybody wanted to have a chat to us, our phone number is 84068488. Wonderful. Thank you, Zoe. Awesome. Thanks so much for the chat. Community Centres SA advocates, connects and raises the profile of community work by sharing stories to help our community sector with this weekly podcast. Community centres are open for anyone and provide place-based activities to enrich the lives of people in our communities. Look out for the next episode and please share our podcast to your networks. Keep sending us your valuable feedback and suggestions for interviews to info at communitycentressa.asn.au. Community Conversations. For more information, check out communitycentressa.asn.au.